When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, thank you everyone in the chat, uh, apologies if you saw the technical issues that happened. It wasn't my fault this time, I pressed go live and Streamlabs crashed. So I'm not taking responsibility uh, for that one, um, but hopefully it's working now and you can all uh, hear me. Uh, this video is dedicated to Christian Eriksen, who is back in the Premier League. Uh, really exciting news, a bit of a feel-good story, uh, and I think his FPL... Prospects are a little bit in question given everything that happened with him at the Euros and given the fact he hasn't played too many minutes as we kind of talk about uh, in a bit. But I thought we'd have a bit of a reflective look at some of his previous seasons in the Premier League. Uh, if anyone's got any stories about Ericsson, um, stick them in the in the chat. If you've owned him for big hauls or double game weeks, if you partnered in with Son and Kane and Ali back in the days when you know you could have sort of multiple Spurs players uh, in your side. Uh, I know I've got some, some memories of Ericsson that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, as well so yeah really really good to have him back and uh, yeah hopefully he, he just you know absolutely smashes it at, at Brentford I think everyone uh, and, and anyone who isn't even remotely supportive of football uh, is hoping that he does well um, just before I get into that though I do just want to reference uh, the news story yesterday um, about um, Mason Greenwood obviously absolutely awful um, harrowing I think is, is the word I'd use Harriet Robson's sort of videos and the audio that, that came out of it. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but if anyone's listening to this and feels that something isn't right in their own relationship, is worried about someone else, wants to talk to someone, there's obviously places that you can go to. Um, there's womensaid.org.uk, obviously based in the UK, you can get information. Um, and you can also find the National Domestic Abuse Helpline. The number is 0808 2000 247 or men as well, because obviously we get the majority of, of men watching these videos and, and playing fantasy football. Um, obviously, there's a, there's male domestic abuse that happens as well. So if you're worried about that or worried about someone else, the number is 0808 801 0327. Awful um, story and hopefully justice is served swiftly. Okay, let's move on to happier things. Uh, and for Ericsson, the happiest thing was his 16-17 season. Um, I've got his stats uh, on the screen now, which are from Fantasy Football Scout. And as you can see, in 1617, um, I've filtered this by chances created. I think we, I, I did do it by by things like expected goal involvement and 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 points and all this kind of stuff. And Ericsson doesn't really feature in in the top ten um, of, of a lot of these things. And I want this video to be a little bit of a a. What's the word? A bit of a, a shrine uh, to Ericsson because he, he's an incredible player and I used to love watching him uh, play and, and I'm, I'm so excited to see him back, back in the Premier League. And when I think about Ericsson, what, what do I think about? And I think about chances created, right? His ability to pick a pass, um, well, and as you'll see in, in 16, 17, was second to none. He was the best um, creator of chances in the Premier League in 16, 17. Uh, De Bruyne was, was second to him. Um, but Ericsson with 112 uh, and De Bruyne with 103, and then Ozil, you know, 100. So the, these are like the three kind of chief creators. Whenever you think about 
you know, who's going to create chances for players? My thoughts, maybe it's my age or whatever, is automatically go to go to these three players. Um, but in sixteen seventeen, Ericsson was the best. Uh, it was an unbelievable season for him. Um, you know, you had the likes of Alexis Sanchez that season. Do you remember he got like two hundred and sixty points that season? And you look at Sanchez's other numbers on this chart. So shots inside the box. Ericsson's there with thirty nine. De Bruyne with 32, Oza with 31. They're the creators, right? Then you've got Hazard with uh, 56, uh, Sanchez with 78, even someone like Bobby Firmino um, up there with 69. Good touches in the penalty area. I mean, Ericsson is, is one of the lowest on this list, 106. Uh, and then you look at Sanchez, 256, and Hazard, 219. So we all know that Ericsson isn't necessarily about, you know, having lots of shots, getting the ball in the most dangerous areas, what he had at Spurs in this season was the monopoly of set pieces, you know, free kicks, corners. Uh, he was the kind of the, the number 10. He was the man tasked with creating all the chances. And he had so much talent around him. I and mean, you had Ali there, you had Son, you had Kane. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was a great time to be, a, to be a Spurs fan. They had so much talent in that squad. So, yeah, I, I, look, I look back on this season and, and think really fondly of, of Ericsson. I think he was around 8 million or something um, in this season. And he signed with the, I believe he signed with the bail money. Uh, he was one of the kind of, you know, players that they bought. They bought in like Capu and, and some other guys. And, and Ericsson was kind of the big, you know, the big success story, really. Uh, so, yeah, massive, massive blast from the past, um, looking back at this. 1718, uh, we move into. Uh, he came second in this, in this league. So you've got De Bruyne now at the top, 105 chances created. Ericsson falls into second place. We got uh, expected goal involvement stats this season. We didn't have that in the season before. Uh, so Ericsson was there 181 minutes per XGI. Uh, De Bruyne's 183, so not a huge amount um, in it. You then had Fabregas, another player who, you know, I think when he was at Arsenal, he was, you know, the main man. He was he was so far forward, playing so advanced, playing in that kind of Ericsson role. He then came back to Chelsea and, and played in a much deeper much deeper role but I mean he still created 89 chances uh, that season which was you know second to only Ericsson and De Bruyne they had Ozil there as well 84 and then down to Hazard 83 uh, and then my mate my best mate Pascal Gross his unbelievable season um, and my best ever season in FPL um, as well so I look at quite a few of the names on this list and you know they give me fond memories Hazard there I mean what a player he was um, as well uh, and again you look at you look at things like touching the penalty area um, you look at De Bruyne, Eriksson, Fabregas, Ozil, you know, all under the 100 mark. And then you look at someone like Hazard and, and Sanchez. I mean, you know, I know this is a is a video about Eriksson, but during these years, Hazard and Sanchez could, could just do it all, right? They were creating chances. They were scoring goals. They were the, you know, chief sort of attacking players in their side. Uh, and yeah, I look at some of these players and, you know, it's it, it does bring you down memory lane because like, they, they were the talismans. We talk about the talisman of, of Spurs and, it's it's been Kane since he he kind of you know started getting all the goals he got for them, but Ericsson was such an important part of of pulling the strings in the in the Spurs midfield, and they they never replaced him. I think and I think that's one of the huge problems that, that they've had um, in in recent years was they they've just struggled to find someone who can who can operate and pull the strings in in the way that he did, and I think they hoped that they'd get that with with Lacelso, but haven't really had that. Uh, you know, Endombele's come in and, and not really performed how they want. Ali's completely dropped off and he was supposed to be sort of picking up the mantle. So I wonder what they're going to do to kind of address that um, going forward. Because, you know, as, as we're going to see in a bit, I mean, uh, Conte knows Ericsson well. You know, had him under, had him at uh, Inter 
he struggled there initially, but then became a key part of the side. And now he, he's, you know, uh, he, he's, well, he's not working with the game because he's not back at Spurs, he's at Brentford. But it's the same system. That was the point I was trying to make. He's the same system, obviously not the same manager. Um, but it's the same system. Conte struggled to get the best out of him in that three-five-two system. And that's what Thomas Frank's going to have to get out of him, is get him to perform in the way that we know he's capable of back in these kind of earlier years. Because there has been a drop-off, right? And you know, now we're coming into the 18-19 season. And now Ericsson falls down to eighth. So still in the top 10, still creating chances, 73 chances created that season. That is down from previous seasons of 95 and his best season of 112, but it's still a solid season. Um, he's now behind the likes of some kind of odd names here. Uh, Sigurdsson, Gilfie Sigurdsson, uh, Silva, you know, that's David Silva, 73. William, 78. Martinio, 84. How did he creep onto this? Ryan Frazier, he's there in third. And then James Madison uh, was the top was the top creator that season with, with 99. I believe that was a season when De Bruyne was, was injured. Um, so that's why he's, he's probably not featuring kind of on this list. Um, but yeah, interesting that, that Ericsson's, you know, did drop off kind of somewhat quite alarmingly, I think, you know, down, down this kind of, down this list. You'd, you'd expect that to be, you'd expect him to be leading this list given his, his kind of previous seasons um, before. What then happened though was in 1920, um, his contract was was kind of winding down, um, and that was under Mourinho. And Mourinho, I think, just did, didn't really want to play him, or he didn't want to play because he wanted his move. And they were trying to sort of build, you know, sort of move on from him and his influence really. Um, so that season, if you feel by chance is created, you've got to go right down to 106th uh, to find Ericsson uh, with just 24. He only played 1,090 minutes for Spurs in that season. Sort of the top performing players that season were De Bruyne, 136 chances to create. I mean, with you know, with with Ericsson gone and Ozil, uh, you know, there was no real competition for De Bruyne, so he was just kind of steamrolling uh, the opposition. Grealish was the next with 91. Um, you had Trent with 87. Buendia, Buendia there next on the list with with um, 83. Belly played um, as well. I mean, he got 2,400 minutes, but I remember him. He, he started off the season quite strongly and then was the barely getting into the teams kind of towards the end. Um, but, you know, fourth on the list for chances created and we're starting to see that a bit from, from Villa now. Uh, Madison, back on the list. Uh, and fifth, Martinho, William Dean, we've all seen those before. And then Salah creeps into the top 10 uh, that season. So Salah entering into that kind of level of what we've seen from the likes of Sanchez and Hazard, where the goals aren't everything and you, you actually start getting those assists from him as well, which makes such a powerful... FPL option because you can just get your points from kind of anywhere um, but yeah I think you know looking at this it's, it's kind of disappointing look at seeing Ericsson so far down on the list what I did here was I looked at chances created per 90 because I thought it's not really fair to judge him on the others um, and he stacks up pretty well but when you take his 1090 minutes and look at his 24 chances created he's creating two chances um, per 90 which is kind of on level with players like Dean uh, Martinho um, so it's okay. I mean, you've got De Bruyne at like 3.6, Grealish, Trent, 2.5. So he's not he's not a million miles off that. If he'd played the full season, I would have expected him to have got into this into this list again. Um, it's just those kind of minutes that, that were the kind of issue. Um, then what I did was I had a look at FBREF, which is an amazing tool um, out there. You know, you can kind of not replace the members area. That'd be stupid, but you could... 
uh, use it alongside uh, to look at things like this. Um, they don't have a chances created stat. What they've got is a shot creating action, which I think is probably the same thing or, or at least very similar. Uh, so I had a look at Ericsson in his kind of Inter days and how that compared to his, his kind of Spurs days. Uh, so Inter in the 2020-21 season, so this was the season sort of going into the, the Euros. It was his kind of first full season um, at Inter. He really struggled initially to, to break into the side. He got into the side, he had a knee injury, he kind of came in, but, you know, he was he was kind of, he, he became quite a, a key part of, of that kind of Inter side, um, unlike Sanchez, who who kind of signed in a similar time and, and never really made it. Um, but it's time Inter, I mean, minutes per ex- expected goal involvement at 0.28 that season is his best he's ever had. Uh, his, his kind of, you know, his, we didn't, we obviously don't, we don't have that data from 2016-17. Um, I imagine it it would be close, or or if not beating that, given the numbers he put in. But even his like kind of he had strong seasons after that. Um, 2018-19, So this is it was still when he was in the top ten for the chances created. But it was it was the it was a season where the minutes per XGR was high. He was creating better quality chances. Um, his shots were were up as well. Um, I mean, he's having two shots per ninety. Uh, which was his best return, you know, in any of the other seasons kind of on this list, um, up from like 2.7 in 2017-18 uh, and 2018-19. So, yeah, in terms of that season was a productive one for him, particularly towards the, the latter parts of, of the year. Um, I like this this shot-creating action per 90 as well. Uh, so that was 3.3 um, for him. So he was creating a, a chance that led to a shot uh, three times every every 90 minutes. Um, that was only bettered in 2018-19 um, in, in 2.7. Again, I don't have the stats for 2016-17, which is a shame because I'd love to see how he, how he performed in, in that season with these kind of things. Um, that's the kind of best we can do. Um, so, you know, these stats are, are fun. I mean, the, the time played is, is, a, is, is kind of the most alarming. I, I did a video on Coutinho recently where, again, it's difficult to judge where, where these players are going to fit given how, how little minutes they've played. I mean, from playing, you know, 90 minutes almost every every week for Spurs to suddenly playing only a thousand in, in 2019 uh, and then 700 at Inter. So it's probably about what a third of, of the games or something, maybe about half, maybe about half the games he played that he, he could have done across those two sides. Um, and then, and then at Inter, you know, he, he plays half the games again. So across two, his last sort of two full seasons, he's only played half the games that, that were available to him. And a lot of those were kind of off the bench and things and then obviously he's had all the, all the stuff in the euros as well um the heart problems he he wasn't released from inter because of you know they they basically it wasn't the fact they didn't want him or they didn't believe that he could come back from this it's rules within syria that meant that he had to find a new club he he legally or whatever it was couldn't play in that league so he had to find a new a new club so he hasn't played football for what seven seven months now so he's been keeping fit um, Frank says he hasn't got any sort of concerns about his fitness, and in terms of the the horrible sort of heart attack that he that he had, um, there's no issues around that. It's more just the case of getting him match fit. They haven't got a huge amount of time to do that. They've only gone in for six months now, or however long it is. Um, it's a six month deal, so they need to get him up to speed and get him and get him playing matches really fast. Where he's going to fit into the team, as I mentioned, I think is is just going to be straight into a three five two, straight into midfield. I don't think there's huge issues with him, him his, his you know ability to to come into the role, given that he's played under Conte in the same thing. It's just the impact that that he can kind of that he can kind of have. Um, what is interesting is when you look at Brentford, 
and you look at the minutes per chance, how long it's taken them to create a chance, essentially, they are fourth from bottom this season. So they are creating a chance every 8.7 minutes, and there are three teams doing worse than that, which are Burnley, uh, 8.9, Wolves, amazingly, at 9.5, and then Norwich um, at 9.5 as well. So they are they are having, an, they are, Ericsson, a fully fit Ericsson with the stats that we've seen from him previous seasons, his ability to create chances is the absolute perfect signing for Brentford. Uh, Lynn asks in the chat, does it make Tony a more attractive option? I think it has to. I think it has to boost the the prospects of the attackers in the Brentford side. Tony hasn't really delivered um, what we want so far, but this signing could unlock him a bit more because he might have to drop deep less. He might have to stop creating stuff around the kind of penalty area and actually he can get into the box a bit more. You look at free kicks and corners as well. At the moment, Mbomo's on direct free kicks. Pretty, I correct me if I'm wrong, Brentford fans don't think he scored one um, this season. Uh, I look at uh, corners as well and I'm wondering who's taking those. Ericsson fits that mould perfectly. You want, he's a, he's a set piece well, actually, I call him a set-piece specialist, but I always remember my time of owning Ericsson being really disappointed with his delivery from, from free kicks and, and corners. Uh, that might just be something that I've got in, in my own head. It might not necessarily be true. I'd, I'd like to actually know the stats of how many free kicks he scored in his career and what his conversion is, because my memory is that it wasn't that good and his corner assist rate wasn't particularly impressive anyway, um, or at least it wasn't for a man of his kind of ability. So, yeah, set-pieces, uh, he'll, he'll get them, but... I'm a little bit sceptical um, over whether we're able to do it. But open play, open play, there are a few players in world football that can create um, in, the, in the manner that he can. And he's signed for a team that are desperate for that creativity inside too. So it looks like a perfect match to me. Really hoping that he can kick off and, um, yeah, and, and do really well. Uh, let's skip Bayless as my take is that this will mean Mbomo hits the post more often now. You'd think so, wouldn't you? If Mbomo's getting more chances, that's more chances to hit the post. Perfect. That's exactly what he wants. Uh, random uh, yeah this was only five years ago uh, and when you consider one of these options now I know it's crazy how time flies isn't it going back to the 2016-17 season you look at you look at players like Sanchez uh, and Hazard and Ozil and yeah it is it is sad what happens I think particularly with with Sanchez I mean how he became from that how he went from that elite option that I, I remember with Sanchez I used to I always used to bring him in as a differential for some reason I went for him when people weren't really going for him and he just always delivered, especially when he was playing up front. He was such a good option. And then for Santa Fe United, it just, it just all, went, all went terribly. Um, speaking of these kind of options, I thought I'd just look at uh, Ericsson sort of compared to some of these other kind of elite players in the league from an FPL perspective. I put Salah in there as the kind of benchmark. So Salah, since he joined the league, averages 695 points a match, which is nuts, to be honest. Uh, you then got Hazard at 5.52 uh, KDB at six, and then you've got quite a big drop off. So then you go down to Silver, so David Silver at 4.95, uh, Ericsson 4.86, and then Ozil 4.68. So Ericsson sort of sandwiched in between David Silver and Ozil for the points that he got um, per match. And you've got Deli Alley at 4.6, so Ericsson without score, Deli Alley, um, sort of, you know, on average. And then Fabregas at 3.72. I was quite surprised to see that drop so much, but I guess he had those, those deep line playmaker roles. Uh, at, at Chelsea so you know this is just a kind of a selection of, of players but you know Ericsson kind of sandwiched in the middle but yeah fond, fond memories of Ericsson I can remember it always came down to choosing who to pick out of Ericsson and, and Ali and I'd always pick Ali and it would I'd say 
pretty much every time I did, I ended up regretting it. <laughs> Ericsson would just always outscore him um, over, over whatever period I managed to get. And I always regretted not going for Ericsson. And I always just had a soft spot for Deli Alley. And it, it very rarely paid off. In fact, Deli Alley was a horrible blade for me. I remember owning Deli Alley and selling him. He had a match. Who was it? I can't remember who it was. I got I got um, sort of googly eyes for Adam Lallana. He's playing for Liverpool and playing really well. So I did Ali to Lalana and Lalana I think was benched and got one point and and Deli Ali got a brace. Oh, it's always I think Deli Ali was playing someone rubbish though, like Cardiff or someone, and I I still made the move. Um, but yeah, that's my memories of Ericsson Unfortunately, aren't aren't particularly good because uh, I, I very rarely owned him. But you know, I I know that lots of people benefit from his points. Um, I've got a bit of a treat actually. Uh, oh, Delia says Deli Ali just confirmed to transfer at Everton. That is very, very interesting. I'm not convinced that Van der Beek and Ali are the players that Everton need to sign. I mean, you know, you're 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 struggling right down the bottom of the table. You're bringing in two potentially like very, very talented players, but two players, well, one that hasn't done it in the league at all, really. You could argue that he hasn't had the chance, but he's played under a couple of different managers now and, and still not been not been trusted. You wonder what's going on there. And Dele Alli, who I think should have moved abroad to kind of reinvigorate his career, I I, I wonder if he's going to be a real success at Everton. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, Baron Nishi, Ericsson, great for set pieces. Yep, he should be. Um, although, uh, as uh, Stephen Duthie says, hit the first man at corners for two years. Still great to see him back. That's my memory of it as well. I remember always watching him taking corners and, and him always just hitting the first man and just thinking... He's a specialist at this. How, how, like, I don't understand how he could do it for so long and no one else in the Spurs team was like, okay, Christian, we, we need to get you off these and, and, and do something else. But just, just lurk around the penalty area a bit. You've got, you've got a good shot on you. Just do it around there. Um, yeah, that's, that's my memory. I'm glad, glad to know that wasn't just me because I, I do vaguely remember that. Um, right. I've got one other thing to show you, which is pretty cool. It's a bit of a, a bit of a treat, really. Uh, so you might remember it, I did a video, uh, when was it? A couple of months ago on Diego Jota and I was looking at his, um, I was looking at his tendency to blank and tendency to get double digits. And this is a sheet, uh, it's, it's being developed by top marks and, and co and people familiar with scout will, will know him. He's basically a genius. I, I, I don't know how, how this sheet works. Um, but essentially you can type in any player that's basically ever played in the Premier League, it will give you a rundown of their kind of points and and stats. It will give you like detailed player stats, so how many appearances they got, how often they return. So, you know, 42% for Christian Eriksen. So he, he got at least something in 42% of his matches. Um, tells you his prices. So his, most of it's 9.7. You could get quite a bit at 7.2. Tells you his best point returns in all of this. And then look at this. I mean, favourite opponents, uh, you know, the best form that, that he had. And then you can literally filter and you can see all of his points that he got in all these different seasons, uh, you know, at any, any given fixture. So like you can see this run that he had in 2016 where he got, you know, six against Arsenal, 11 against Palace, seven against Bournemouth, six against Watford, 13 against Swansea. You know, amazing run for him. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, as how can I get this tool? It looks amazing. Um, well, the answer is you can't yet. But we are looking for ways to bring this into the members area of Scout soon, whether that's in kind of spreadsheet form or whether we find a kind of a, a more integrated way of doing it. But essentially, whenever I build these value, whenever I build these these streams, I come onto this because I just think it's absolutely um, 
it's absolutely incredible. And I look at, you know, I look at some of the um, the fixtures. I, do I remember when, when Ericsson got 19 points against Hull City bl- and then blanked, because that's what always happens, right, when a player gets 19 points, and then got 18 and 10? I don't, I don't, I can honestly say I don't remember that, but I can almost guarantee I didn't own him um, for those double digit points. But look, I mean, look at this run he had here. You know, he's getting 10, 11, 10, 19, 18, 10. It's an incredible run for, for Ericsson um, across that period. So, yeah, I really like this. Um, I particularly like things like this. So, looking at the filtered stats, look at his blanks. So, he blanks in 53% of his, of his matches that season, but he got. 10 plus points in 30% um, of his games, uh, which is which is fantastic. So then what you can do is you can have a look at, at someone like Sanchez, who also had such a fantastic season uh, that year. Wait for all this up to update. I mean, how people build these kind of spreadsheets, I don't know. Because they're, I mean, the amount of work that must go into building these I mean I used spreadsheets a lot for my um my last job and I could do like the basic formulas and stuff but trying to work out how you can pull in you know like historic data from the FPL website and create something that gives you this kind of information is yeah pretty amazing oh, so the Deli Alley deal is confirmed then and and, and dombele has gone so Spurs are shipping out quite a few of their, their players now um yeah, so this is Sanchez, for example. So again, Sanchez having that kind of incredible season in 2016-17. But yeah, 10 plus points, 11. So, you know, Ericsson was, I think back to that season and I remember Sanchez just being an absolute beast. That was, that 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 game there, that gives me so many memories of, of Ericsson, uh, of uh, Sanchez. 23 points uh, against West Ham. I captioned him for that, for that match. And he was doing all right, but he, he was flying under the radar... A little bit, um, yeah. And I bought him in captain. I don't. I don't know why I um. I don't know why I uh. I, I'm t- talking this about about Sanchez, but yeah. Luke Robinson says the amount of tables and numbers on the screen is giving me a headache. I know it gives you a headache, but come on, Nuclear. Look at the look at the data of this. You can look at the filtering options you can do. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, ten plus points for Sanchez that season. Twenty nine percent of the games got over ten points, and that that wasn't as good as Ericsson. So Ericsson was at 30 percent, I believe. So yeah, incredible stuff from Ericsson. Um, really just know what you think he's gonna if you if you're watching this later, let me know in the comments what you think Ericsson's gonna do, whether you think it's gonna be a good signing for Brentford. Um also we, we, I guess we need to talk about Deli Alley, because you know, Deli Alley and Van der Beek moving to Everton. Uh, that's two sort of midfield boosting options for them. They've struggled, I mean they've struggled over the pitch, conceding stupid goals, not scoring enough, creativity been a problem. Um, they're not really addressing the Rondon situation as a kind of backup striker for, for Calvert-Lewin in case he gets injured again. Um, but yeah, I think they, they probably need to do something about that. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I, I, I don't think it's it's the right... I think if, if Everton were comfortable, if Everton were sort of comfortably in ninth or 10th, no dangers of getting dragged into a relegation dogfight, then they'd be fine moves, you know, a bit of a risky moves. But... I'm I'm not sure they're going to provide the spark that Everton need to really see themselves. I mean, I think they'll be they they won't get relegated. I think they'll be safe, but they need a bit of a springboard to kind of move up the up the table as quickly as possible and and try and get into that top ten. And I'm not sure personally that Ali and and Van der Beek are, are the right moves for them. But I've been wrong before, and I'll hold my hands up if I'm if I'm wrong again. 
Uh, I think that's it, really. That's kind of all I want to touch on on Ericsson. Um, I think there's definitely potential there. I think, like I said, I think it's a great signing for for Brentford if if things work out. I think everyone is going to be you know willing him on. Um, and I, I remember how I felt when I watched him in in the Euros and he collapsed and. I remember being in the pub and the pub was quiet. Everyone trying to work out what, what had gone wrong. One of my best friends lives, lives in Denmark. And I was messaging him and he said like people were crying in, in the bars in, in Copenhagen. Uh, so, you know, for him to, you know, for that to have happened, for him to have got the help that he needed and for him to now be, you know, back playing professional football, I think is a testament to everyone who acted on that day and all the medical professionals that have been working with him. Um, no sort of ill regards to, to Inter or anything like that because that's the, that's the league rules. Um, but you know Brentford have obviously come in and 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 snapped him up because they think he's he's going to have a big impact for them, and hopefully he will. So that is it for me. Thank you everyone for watching. Like I said, if you like that spreadsheet, uh, drop a message in the comments as well because I, I think it's absolutely incredible. I, I think it, it it could be one. It could kind of I don't know if it rev, like I don't know if it's going to like revolutionise like your your strategy and your thinking, but. I just love looking at data like this and being reminded of, of sort of previous seasons. So yeah, if you're like me and you're a bit of a nerd and you like that, then, then let me know. Um, and yeah, as I said, we're going to try and get uh, this, this, this kind of, you know, available for, for people kind of as soon as possible. Um, but thank you everyone for watching. Uh, I will be back with black box on Wednesday. I'll be doing that with FPL focal. Um, so head over to the FPL black box channel and subscribe to that. If you're interested, make sure you like this video um, as well. Make sure you subscribe to fantasy football scouts. And I will see you soon.